0: Americans have the worst healthy life expectancy of almost any other country. The point I'm making right now is life isn't that much fun when you're sick. And food doesn't taste that great once you're in a coffin. But what I'm saying right now is that I eat this way because it's the most fun way to live. So I can enjoy, you know, I can ski and play volleyball and surf and play tennis and do the things I want to do with my life. Even in my 60s and 70s and 80s and right now I'm in the 60s. But in any case, we keep our youthful vitality and zest and enthusiasm for life and being active and doing fun things. But as far as the environment's concerned, that's altruistic that also is an important part of living and feeling good about yourself, is doing things that are good for humanity and good for th- the future of the planet, for other people, and for the legacy we leave when we leave here, to make sure we're not just raping the planet and leaving future generations to suffer for it. It's a ship, and we've got to keep our ship in good shape for the people who can use
1: it in generations to come. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodrick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. Food is an important part of our interaction with the environment. As you know from listening to this podcast, it's a big part of my journey into living more sustainably. And the book Eat to Live by Joel Furman changed a lot for me. I'm going to link to his TEDx talk and his bio, but a few top things. He's a board-certified family physician, six-time New York Times bestselling author. Here's a few highlights. Hundreds of radio and television appearances, including the Dr. Oz show, the Today Show, Live with Kelly, Good Morning America, uh, lots of stuff with PBS. He's done a lot of stuff. I highly recommend watching his TEDx talk as a starting point. I set up this conversation with him after seeing him speak at a conference. You'll actually hear me stumble a bit at the beginning I was prepared, but everything changed when I met him. I met him at his home. He showed me the plants he's growing in his solar-powered greenhouse. He offered me a salad. And now I think I'm getting really good at making my stews, my salads, and so on. I invite people over, and they seem to like my food a lot, and they're impressed with my technique. All Joel did was make a salad and offer me some snacks, including some dried fruit and some chocolate chia pudding. But it was like a master class. What he did was effortless and simple, and the salad was delicious. His wife and son were there. More members of the family were there. It was very family-centered around food, but it wasn't hard. A lot of people ask me, Josh, how much time do you spend on food? And this effortlessness, it was really in the background and making the food is them just talking. And it was in the foreground when they focused on it. But I realized as I was watching him in action in his home with his family that I'm barely started on making my food. I think I'm pretty good at it. I love what I do. He's been at it a good 15, 20 years longer than I have. And I can't wait to see myself develop more as a cook, as a bon vivant, as someone just loving and enjoying fresh, natural, wholesome food. Until seeing him in action, I mostly associated him with nutrition and healthy eating. That's important. But now I associate him with everything I'm trying to create around the environment, based in science. But once you get it, it's about joy, community, connection, and family. So by when I started talking with him, I found myself mentally processing how to learn from him as a role model. So I bring you Joel Furman, starting with me getting my bearings because I'm kind of like, wow, taking it all in. And if you happen to hear some noise of something brushing against the microphone, it's his adorable little dog who was running around and jumping around as we spoke. Here's Joel Furman. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with Dr. Joel Furman. Uh, can I call you Joel? Sure. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Glad to be here. So for people who don't know, I'm actually at your place right now, and I had prepared a lot of stuff to talk to you about and to talk about how much I've learned from especially Eat to Live and from your practice, and now I'm actually seeing it in action, and it's way beyond what I thought. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to repeat what I said to you before just for the listeners about how I came to read Eat to Live. I came to a diet very similar to yours in a completely independent way because for me it was very environmental, and I wanted to pollute very little, and I wanted to reduce waste. (laughs) And that led me to avoid packaged food. I gave myself a challenge to avoid packaged food for a week. That led me to cooking beans and to making stuff from scratch. And I started getting more and more, what I would now call whole foods. And I didn't know where it was going to go. And then I started combining the beans with the vegetables and cooking them into these stews. And it was really good. And I really liked it. And it wasn't really polluting. And then I came across Eat to Live. And it described a diet that I hadn't really come across before, but it was very similar to what I was eating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And suddenly, and it was saying how healthy it was. And I went from, how do I put it? Thinking, oh, this is kind of interesting to being like, now I could just like go full bore into eating the way that I'd come to eat. Because let me ask, if I were to eat green leafy vegetables, do I have to stop myself? (laughs) No, of course not. You know, you you can make your diet imbalanced by
0: only eating a narrow variety of foods, Mm -hmm but green vegetables have so small amount of calories per pound, you can't make yourself become overweight eating green vegetables. But let me just, though, step back a second Uh and say that what if there was a way to eat where we could wipe out 99% of cardiovascular disease in the modern world and more than 90% of all cancers and enable people to recover from autoimmune diseases and people who have diabetes and high blood pressure could reverse it and could become normal again, And what if that was true, that nutritional excellence was a 100 times more powerful than conventional medical care utilizing drugs? And if a nutritarian diet could do all these things and has done all these things, shouldn't everybody know about it and at least consider it and consider the fact that we can make a diet be so protective and we can also make it palatable and taste good so people can like it? And it's lack of information, lack of knowledge, and just um, the acceptance of the the way people are living now, the lack of ability to see a different possibility that could be saving millions of people's lives and reducing tremendous amount of needless suffering. Because giving people medication to try to mitigate the damage from, their, from the toxic American diet, which is 60% of calories in processed foods and 30% from animal products. The lack of phytonutrients, antioxidants, fiber, all the protective elements are not there. And a nutritarian diet, which you read about in, the, in my first, one of my early books, Eat to Live, is designed around the premise that these diseases are unnatural and we don't have to get cancers and heart attacks and strokes and dementia. And a, and the human body already is protected against these diseases when you feed it properly, and it's what we see happen when we feed people this diet that's so rich in nutrients. And of course, it mean, it means
1: eating a lot of green vegetables for sure. You know, yeah. To call food when people say food is medicine, to me, I feel like that's like saying not hitting yourself on the head with a hammer is medicine. Like if you if you damage yourself, yeah, and something that I'm it's incredibly delicious. This is something that is like, I mean, this is on my mind because uh, for people who don't know, he just gave me a salad. And I've, as a result of your stuff, I eat a lot of salad. I just can't get over how good vegetables taste. And I grew up not liking vegetables and it's healthy and it tastes really good. And I can eat tons of it. Like I eat to full every meal. It's now been long enough that it's kind of weird to think of trying to stop myself from eating you can be, you don't have to eat thimble-sized portions of food to maintain your weight, but you know, we, we have
0: um, you know 40 years of first, we start with the premise of what are the healthiest foods in the world. And then the next thing is, well, how do you make them taste good? And my experience of the last 40 years developing these great recipes, makes natural healthiest foods on the planet, tastes great. But now I have the, the um, contributions of great chefs all over the country contributing their ideas to make these healthy salad dressings and sauces and dips and desserts and all. To, and now there's no holding back the fact that there's no reason you can't eat a super healthy diet and not have to worry about having a heart attack or a stroke or getting you know by the way just to put this in perspective mm-hmm. 75% of people in this country over the age of 65 die of heart disease and strokes 75% we're talking about people just eating themselves to death of course everybody knows a lot of people die of you know have get cancer but most of the common cancers like breast colon and prostate cancer don't didn't occur in human history don't occur in primitive countries eating whole natural foods when people there are lots of parts of the world even you know 40 50 years ago with one Less than 150 of the amount of breast cancer, for example, we have in this country. Yet when those people move, so the idea that these diseases are predominantly genetic or the results of inevitable consequence of aging is ludicrous and ridiculous. We, the, the advances in nutritional science have produced so much data to make this way of living and eating, what we
1: could say at this point, well documented to be so protective. And I got to add something that just hit me as you were making the salad is that I think a lot of people might have heard what you just said and said, oh my God, but it's going to take a lot of time. I got to work at this. And you just got out a couple bowls of vegetables, threw them together, chopped it up, threw on some stuff, threw on, I thought it was dressing, but it was just some tomato sauce that you had made. And it was like a smile. Like it was like what you were doing was like fun. And you were showing me your garden and it's, it would be easy for someone to hear, okay. When I read your stuff, I thought this is a lot of stuff to learn. This is a lot of stuff to get. It's medical and it is, but now experiencing it here, it's fun. It's, it's family. It's delicious. And I guess it takes a little time to get the skills up. Yeah, of course. You got to know how to do it. And then once you do, it's like, it's so easy and so inviting. And it, you know, it's, it's very much fun and
0: a pleasure to take care of your health and eat healthfully. Yeah. Because you start to have gratitude for the food you're having and how powerful the food is and all the science and the structure of the elements and the nutrients in the food to protect our health and work synergistically and, you know, mesh with our body's cell structure and, you know, how the nutrients and the phytochemicals in food are protecting and arming the immune system and the the cell's mechanism to remove toxins, to protect against cancer, you start to respect natural foods and how our body is so symbiotic with what's in that food. But you also have respect for the people who made the food, the people who grew the food and people who, you know, you start to be in touch with nature and you're feeling that, We're not fearful of disease. We're not living in fear. We're living in joy and we're living with a positive attitude that our body is not designed to get sick. It's designed to stay well if it's fed properly. And then, you know, I don't want to make it sound like this is so easy. It's not easy because people don't know how to do this well. They're overly, they're very often addicted To commercial foods. Their taste buds have been deadened by eating commercial Mm -hmm. foods and it takes time to retrain the taste buds. And then they don't even understand how the body works. So when they try to improve their diet, they start to feel shaky and weak and they feel fatigued. They feel worse as the body starts to kind of clean itself out from their addictive substances they they become used to eating. And they might feel worse even starting to eat this way. And then, because it doesn't taste good to them, because they've deadened their taste for salt, and they've deadened their taste for sweet, and their taste buds are so um, have low capacity that natural substances don't taste well for them anymore. And then they certainly don't have the ability or knowledge how to make such a tomato sauce like I served you, yeah, or to you know, or to mash almond butter and fig vinegar and with it was you know, was like, in other words, this there's, there's some techniques they have to learn. This is a this is a knowledge based program, and what I'm suggesting is that with the right knowledge, then people. Can retrain their taste buds. They can learn to love this way of eating. They can get rid of their addiction and prefer to eat this way and have their weight pour off them. But all those things do take a lot of learning, and without that type of, inf- without enough information and knowledge, it is
1: very difficult for people to make the type of change we're talking about. I'm hearing a lot of passion in what you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I hear with respect to the standard American diet, the way that people, what you are talking, I hear. What's the word I'm looking for? Frustration. And I mean, there's huge market forces out there pushing right. burgers and all that stuff. And the way I often say, like people who are in that world look at, at say, a salad of yours. At, they'd look at any salad of yours and say, oh, this is just a salad. And two of them, I would guess, might taste dramatically different. Whereas from our perspective, I think Count Chocula is like the brown one and Fruit Loops is like the colorful one. And for them, that's like very different. And to me, the the whole aisle is like actually the whole middle of the supermarket is just not inviting. And yet that's, I don't know. I don't know how to put it without sounding like that they really like it, but if they haven't experienced this and when they get this, it would be, they'd love it so much more.
0: Well, yes, I think that that's true that people who usually do make that transformation to realize they can control their health destiny and they don't have to have a heart attack or a stroke and they don't have to get cancer or people who've actually earned bad health and now are recovering through a nutritarian diet to to earn their health back and get rid of their diabetes, normalize their blood pressure, recover from psoriasis or lupus even, that nutrition is so powerful. But those people are so grateful to have recovered their health And to have found this information that was almost kept hidden from them, hidden from them by the medical, by their doctors. And because it's kind of unconventional and not the norm to eat this way, they had suffered for many years not knowing this. They would have almost all the people that thousands of people, obviously, that have been transformed their lives all say the same thing. Number one, the fog lifted. They can think more clearly and they're happier about life. Number two, they're enjoying eating food more, not less. And number three, they're angry that this information was not brought to their attention earlier when they first realized they were getting sick or even before that. And that it should be like reading, writing, arithmetic and nutritional science Taught in our educational system because the most critical factors that we need to control our health destiny and protect our health and our brain and our intelligence and our emotional state is, is, is putting the right food in our body. And people have no idea how self-destructive the, what they're doing to themselves and what the American diet is doing and has done to people and is continuing to do to people all over the world and people are just so confused about nutrition. Do you have a yeah.
1: vision of where this is going? Like, I mean, I imagine you'd want to make it so that this is in, in every school, that this is... Yeah. How many people have you reached? I mean, you, your books have been... How many books? Half a dozen bestsellers? I have six bestseller mm-hmm. books. So I've sold, I think, over 3
0: million books. But my television shows in PBS, I think, have been on the air almost like 50,000 hours on public television. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they show the same show over and over again. I've raised over $75 million for PBS television. Mm -hmm. in the last five years, I think. So in in order to have raised that much money, that means they've sold a lot of videos and books. To, you know, to, to people who donate this TBS and they get a, a pledge to PBS and they get a gift of the books and videos in response to their PBS pledge. So, so we're talking about you know lots of people have have, yeah. have learned my work and there's and and there are there's the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. There are other there are thousands of doctors who have who are similar to and and starting to utilize nutrition and diet and lifestyle medicine in their advice to giving to people. So it is it is growing. It has been a very growing movement and more people than ever before
1: probably are are eating healthier, you know? And how how does it feel? There must be, I'm guessing it's a mix of like great satisfaction. I mean, the stories that you talk about are just unbelievably life-changing. I mean, it's, you're restoring life and happiness to people and joy. And, but then there's so much more to go. How does it feel? Well,
0: you know, right. It's like we're working to accomplish things. We're working to accomplish what we think is important to help people and help humanity. At the same time, it's our career. Careful the microphone. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a career that we enjoy, but it's not going to end. It's still a continuous oh. battle mm-hmm. and there are powerful forces that push people in the other direction as well. Mm -hmm. And we're always trying to oppose those forces of food addiction and commercial and fast food manufacturers and commercial food and, you know, in the meat and processed meats industry and whatever, whatever it is we're talking about, there's millions and billions of dollars spent to, for the opposite message to be, to entrench into the modern world. So it's not going to be something that's so easy just to fix. Mm -hmm. And most people think that um, that drugs are there going to doctors, more medical visits, medical appointments, medical screening tests, and medical treatments are the answer to is what healthcare is all about rather than changing the way they live to prevent disease and to reverse disease through through excellent nutrition. It's not what pe- a lot of people don't even want this, to hear about this. They're, this is, they, this annoys them where they don't even, they don't want to think about changing their diet. They just want pills and a drug and they want to you know, because the average person, let's just say, um, wants to be able to th- smoke three packs a day and not get lung cancer, and have a magic pill they can take, or eat hot dogs, bacon, donuts, and not get breast cancer. They, but life is not a fairy tale, or it's this is real, and we become what we ate mm-hmm. and we get the diseases we earn through the foods we chose to eat, and you know that's just the way. And it's hard for people to accept that reality. And want to and live accordingly, you know.
1: Do you also look at an environmental perspective? Because what you're saying is, inc- it's like almost one for one exact parallel, you yeah. know, with how people want to, people want to, pol- you know, do whatever they want, they do that pollutes and just, and some scientist somewhere will come up with a device that will like take the carbon dioxide out of the air. And that they think that it's a burden, it's a chore. But then when they actually get it, they're like, wait a minute, this is a better life without it eating nutritarian or living, right, not polluting so much. And also the the huge forces. And I'm asking this partly because I saw that parallel before, but now actually here with you now, it's becoming increasingly clear. And one of the big things that I'm trying to share is that when you, it does take time. I'm probably guilty of not making it clear how long it took me to transition to unpackaged food. Right to avoiding flying and things right, like that. I
0: can see in your hands you have that orange tinge to your skin. Yes, so do I have that because it shows we're eating so much vegetables that the vegetables color the skin and gives you protection against skin cancer. But you can tell by looking at a person what they're eating because the most the pale that that pale fleshy pinky color uh-huh. you can see that people are prone to cancers because they're not getting the orange that orange. Um, the carotenoids that make that give that skin that that color that yours have. So I see you must be following, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. my, my dietary recommendations. You know, yeah. I would, and then you have some calluses on your hands, yeah, which suggests that you like working in the garden and doing some physical work, or tennis player or something.
1: That's rowing, um, yeah. rowing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's rowing in kettlebells. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm very flattered because these are some of the best things in my life. And I love that you could just see it. Like, I love the calluses because mm-hmm. rowing is peaceful to me and it, it it strengthens me. And it's, I love getting off the machine. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been on the water yet. And then the orange part is like, actually my my sister and my nieces and nephew were pointing that out to me. And I was like, this stuff always brings families together. It brings, have you also noticed this? It seems to me that it creates community. Living, I mean, living, not polluting tends to. Yeah. And I think food I think fruits and vegetables bring people together almost more than anything. That's right. I mean, like a newborn baby, yeah, that will too.
0: Well, and we want you know, you know, I have a website where, and a business where I, you know, teach people about this way of eating. But the, what they do is they come together on the on the website and they set up meetups, you know, and they set up dinner parties and use people utilize this way of living as a means of actually meeting other people who. Want to eat? Who are eating healthy that they can meet and communicate with and have to do with in their own neighborhoods to get support because so many people don't do that way. So that's why one of the things I do on my website in the member area is to have people get together and communicate with each other. And so, yes, absolutely. And you know how people use food, people use unhealthy food to celebrate with, and we show people we can make delicious, healthy food that is sharing love and good health with each other and still celebrate with food um, in a way on, on holidays. And we don't have to. You don't have to equate celebratory occasions
1: with eating unhealthfully. Oh, yeah. You know? I posted recently. Sometimes people say, oh, yeah, I only have that. I reserve uh, some candy as as a special treat. I'm like, I used to think that way. Yeah. And you should see me when I'm eating even just even an apple that's like a, a, an industrial apple. Uh, I'll, I'm still like, I can't believe how good this is. But then the ones that are from the farmer's market yeah. and the ones like... My sister, my sister has fig fig trees too, oh, and right. and I just I can't believe people eat ice cream. I mean well, I know because I did. Well, my favorite but, ice cream is
0: I you know just so people could hear it. But frozen bananas mixed with a tablespoon of real vanilla bean powder, not the vanilla bean extract, but the real ground vanilla bean powder, and maybe a small handful of macadamia nuts and walnuts ground together made into a real soft ice cream is really fantastic phenomenal having a healthy delicious ice cream like that with a vanilla flavor is great it's true that certain fruits like you know are just incredible but there's ways we make the desserts that just rival the flavor of, of better than than conventional desserts which are too sweet sickeningly sweet and just so on you know decadent but in any case getting back to the questions you asked before that is the fact that this this is in, is meshed like the fibers of the cloth, with saving the planet and our environment and the, and the climate as well. Because obviously we're taking care of our health and the planet at the same time and the high amount of processed foods and animal products in the American diet and the modern diet is very wasteful of not just resources, but it damages the rainforest. They're chopping them down to plant. We're feeding the, the, um, all the food directly to the animals, which are then producing more carbon dioxide. And it's not just not using pet- petroleum products and having less... It's also changing the way we eat that's going to reduce the resources. But, you know, there's so many changes that need to be made to perhaps have the earth survive to support a population of people three, four, five generations from now. And we want to do this to protect our children, our grandchildren. You know, it's not just about ourselves right now. But eating right is a part of the whole eating right and regenerative agriculture mm-hmm. Um and is all going to be hand-in-hand hand important if we're going to succeed at saving the planet for future generations.
1: Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting, that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodakcom slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So something I like to do, when you talk about the environment, what, what do you think about when you think about the environment? I mean, you said a few things there. I mean, what motivates you? I mean, I hear the food part, and maybe it's the same with the environment part. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, the food part is more motivating
0: me to have, to have fun in my life, to be able to enjoy the things I want to do as I get older, continue to do be physical and have my full mental faculties and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. The food part, I enjoy eating these foods. We have food as a major pleasure part of life, but also there are other pleasures in life besides foods that we want to continue doing. What good is life when you're a couch potato and, you know, and, you have, and you're suffering and going to medical, taking drugs and not feeling well and being sick all the time in your last 20 years you're alive? Americans have the worst healthy life expectancy of almost any other country. The point I'm making right now is life isn't that much fun when you're sick. And food doesn't taste that great once you're in a coffin. But what I'm saying right now is that I eat this way because it's the most fun way to live. So I can enjoy, the, you know, I can ski and play volleyball and surf and play tennis and do the things I want to do with my life, even in my 60s and 70s and 80s, and right now I'm in my 60s. But in any case, we keep our youthful vitality and zest and enthusiasm for life and being active and doing fun things. But as far as the environment's concerned, that's an altruistic Um, that keep that also is an important part of living and feeling good about yourself is doing things that are good for humanity and good for the future of the planet, for other people. And for the legacy we leave when we leave here to make sure we're not just um, raping the planet and leaving future generations to suffer for it. And I have children and going to have grandchildren and you probably will too. And so the the bottom line is we don't want to have to um, live in a way that's going to perpetuate future suffering and cause needless deaths to people who are living on this earth after we've polluted and destroyed it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a ship and we've got to keep our, you know, we've got to keep our ship in good shape for the people can use it in generations to come.
1: So based on, on this motivation, it sounds very strong. It sounds very deep felt. I do this with, with my guests, is I invite you at your option to think of something you could do to act on what you care about. And a couple of things that I, I Constrain it with well. One is that it's a lot of people here. I'm not asking what's the biggest or most important or, or you know the biggest thing you could do. It, it can be small, but it's to act on what you care about, and it has to be something new that you're not already doing, and something that you do with yourself, not um, telling other people what to do, mm. and uh, something that you do that has me- it, you don't have to measure, but that has some sort of measurable effect. So not just Awareness or education, those things are great, but the environment reacts to our behavior. And it doesn't have to be for a long time. It could be a short time, but just something to do. And if you're up for it, then I would, I would, I'd want to talk again and hear how it went. Mm-hmm. And most people, they don't right away think of something, although some people have something that they've been meaning to do for a while. And sometimes it could take a little back and forth. But would you game, would you be game for trying something like that? Sure. I'm, I'm always
0: looking for <clears throat> ways of, um, trying to reduce our footprint, mm-hmm. you know, to be an example for other people. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, I, my retreat, I mean, just to give you an example, my daughter purchased these propane heating tanks to be used for the outdoors so people can sit outside in the cold weather and have heat pour down on them. Whether and I'm saying that's not environmental. That's not it's not worth being in the heat. Let them just put more clothing on, let it's them, sweater. them indoors. Yeah. Let them indoors, let 'em not heat the out heat the outdoor environment with protein heaters and waste to do that. It's just too extravagant and wasteful, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, then, so I've been trying, I'm thinking of things, but mostly I've been trying not to drink water from plastic bottles or having, the other thing we just did recently is um, people were shipping in like drinks like Pellegrini in glass bottles from Italy Mm -hmm. with water in them and buying these carbonated drinks that were flavored with mango or lemon saying that that's wasteful, just shipping around the, the drinks, even in the cans, just let's... Make water out of our tap and we put a little mango in ourself. And if you want to buy a carbonated carbonation machine to make your own carbonated water, mm-hmm. instead of sh- shipping water around the country and having trucks bringing it all over the world to spring water around so that the, the bottled water thing is not only the plastic in the water, but it's also the, the traveling of the water. You know what yeah. I mean? So, and the shipping it around—that's needless. And we could make our own water, get our own water purifiers. If you want the
1: carbonated flavor, do it yourself. You know. I, I have to say, in Washington Square Park, which is near where right, near where you went to school, yeah, in the middle of where, the trash cans are overflowing with plastic cups, paper cups, plastic water bottles. Ten feet away from a water fountain, with a sticker on it that says, "This water has been tested." like they had to go and do that you know yeah. as if we don't know that the results that it's it's and cans yeah and cans
0: you know it's like it's amazing all the dr- that people buy all these drinks so um lately um i carrying water bottles when they traveling with water bottles and not and, you know and making sure we don't use plastic and you know things. Mm-hmm. and or even and even can bottles and things like that is try to be you know but that's a little thing
1: well of here course, it's a little thing but everybody's to do it it would make a big thing It would make a big difference too yeah, this is what I'm doing here. I've, I've I've finally realized this distinction. I'm not trying to. This is not about saving the world. This is about getting a new experience. Right. And it's important to distinguish these because a lot of people think if well if, if what I do doesn't matter. Well, what you do. I don't not steal to stop other people from stealing. I don't yeah. steal because I think it's wrong. And I, I think I learn from that and I grow from that. Does anything come to mind of of something that you might be able to do something new? And what you said before was about you said that altruism and about. You're motivated by not, you know, legacy and, and, right, and not causing other people suffering.
0: Right. It's, it's, lear- it's mm-hmm. learning all the time about the little things we do <laughs> that could be done with more, um, with more intelligence. So we're not as wasteful on yeah. things that we utilizing, things that don't have to be wasted and utilized. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yes, I'm thinking more about that all the time. I'm thinking of new ways to think about that.
1: So, and of, I want to I want
0: to go back like and for forth example, a little bit. To see, yeah, it, it's car- it's like little things. Like I'm thinking now about carrying your own bags with you in the car all the time. So when you go shopping, they don't have to put what you buy into a plastic bag.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean things like that too. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. that something you'd be up for giving a shot if you if you're not already doing it to do? Yeah, sure. So now here's where I say. Uh, yeah. Can we make it a smart goal? Do you know the smart specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time bound? Mainly, how long would you do it for?
0: Well, you want to develop a habit on it, a habit.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I should say. About how long would it take before you felt like you got an experience that you could share? Like probably one or two days might not be enough. Right. Probably by a year, it's probably, I would guess. A couple the, of months at least. F-
0: how f- often do you go shopping for food anyway? You're in sh- or shopping. Mm-hmm. You don't shop all the time. And I don't shop all the time. So I have to really become, um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to get it into your... And But in any case, I still want to reiterate that <laughs> growing our own food when we have the opportunity to mm-hmm. and... Eating more plant, eating a diet that's plant-based with very little, if any, animal products, because certainly animal husbandry and and raising animals and eating animal products are are so wasteful of our Earth's resources and burn more and produce more carbon dioxide than prob than maybe as much even as driving cars do, and this is something that people are not thinking about. They're thinking about moving to electric cars and reducing their driving habits and using more public transportation and trying to travel less. And I'm trying to look at that too, of Mm -hmm. course. But I think a lot of people are not considering the fact that we've got to change the way they eat, not only for their own health, but also for the health of the planet too. Because a plant-based diet utilizes much less of the Earth's resources, doesn't cut down trees and and, and the Amazon rainforests and doesn't produce um, black soot. And the animals themselves... Um, all the raising of all those millions and millions of animals to feed people's desire to eat meat is producing a tremendous amount of carbon dioxide in, in, in such a large amount that people have no idea what a big percent of the um, Earth's resources have gone to that and how much damaging that is to the Earth's climate.
1: Because fish is not raised. I mean, I mean, I, I guess is. to some yeah. extent it is. It is. A it is. Have you looked at fish in terms of... I, don't th- I haven't eaten meat since 1990, so I don't really think about it that much. But So I'm kind of curious, because I, I, my th- when I think about fishing, I think of it, we're overfishing, we're running out of fish, we're depleting, and that could lead to, if suddenly we run out of a, a big source of protein for people. But you're also talking about the nutritional value of, of things. And-
0: right, and we've polluted the waterways, so now even the small fish are full of microplastic <laughs> particles, and <the> larger <laughs> fish have, so that we've contaminated the ocean, so a lot of the fish are contaminated, but a lot of the but but yes, a lot of the fish farming is very polluting as well. And certainly, I'm an expert in human nutrition. And I'm not an expert in environment, climate change, environment, environment, and how animal products and fish pollute, pollute our environment. It's not my field of okay. expertise. So um, I really would, um you know, let those experts answer those questions more readily than Aww. me. I have my own poor field of expertise, but of course I know what everything interrelates, And I've heard, you know, and I know it's tremendously powerful when you put all this together mm-hmm. and you put the expert, the knowledge about the climate, the environment, the earth, with eating healthy and protecting your own self and your own health,
1: that together it becomes a, a package that's very powerful and very important. I would love to keep talking for a long time. We're, our time is limited. Mm-hmm. I'd like to wrap up with a couple questions of, one is, is there anything I didn't think to add? Oh, your book is coming out. Can you say a few words about the new book? My new book, yes, is called Eat for Life. Mm-hmm. Somewhat like my initial book, Eat to
0: Live, but Eat for Life, because it's been, I think, um, maybe almost t- more than 10 years, maybe 15 years. Mm -hmm. Well, 2004, my first book, Eat to Live, came out, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a long time since then. I want to really update it and take out the little flaws and really take my years of experience and put it back together in a more comprehensive approach to give people uh, the number, the best book and the most comprehensive book they should read now for going through the next level of, of, you know, the future and taking the place. So I have a new book coming out called, you know, Eat for Life that's going to be a little more update, more modern, updated, with more about, too, about the emotional and addictive nature of food and why it makes it so difficult for people to make this change to eating healthfully and all the, how the body works and how powerful this is to reverse disease. And, and so that people can really feel that they're doing something that has such support it becomes a no-brainer and it, be, it makes it easier to do with great tasting recipes. But on the, on the second of all, um, also, another new part of my life is that I've opened up a, an eat-to-live retreat center in California with people who do have medical conditions, overweight, food addiction, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune conditions, whatever it may be, what, what they, that they're the place people can go to for two to three months, let's say. And instead of going to a doctor for a half an hour an hour visit to get well, they go to a doctor for two to three months to get well. Mm -hmm. And they stay there with me and my staff and we show them how to cook it, how to make it taste great, retrain their taste buds, get rid of the food addictions. They lose weight, their blood pressure, the diabetes melts away, they become non-diabetic, but they're sent home with the skills, the new emotional outlook, the new development of their taste and the the training they've had about their emotional eating habits and things. So they really can now enjoy this and do it without meeting so many obstacles they had in the past. You know what I mean? So the point I'm making is now, that, yes, I write books and I teach this methodology, mm-hmm. but also I want to make it practical for people and supply them with the tools they need. So if they can't really, if they can't get better on their own, they still know that we can, there's, an, there's help for them. Because some people just need more professional help to be able
1: to change their life around. I, I can't help but adding also this, this service you're providing for people who need to be healthy I'm going to add also. I thought I was pretty healthy. I think I'm pretty healthy. Reading your book, it's just changed. It, it like there was a it was a changing point for food for me. That it was like it became a joy. It Became so even if you're healthy, read his books. <laughs> it really just it it gives a vivaciousness. Like I can just enjoy food and I don't have to like worry anymore. And that's just I I, I don't know how better to say it. But I hope people read it. And well, live you're, it. you're right. I'm talking about of course. I'm a
0: physician, and we're talking about of course people that this is pe- information that all people should know i mean by the way if you ever, if you're not sick now we don't wait to get lung cancer to stop smoking cigarettes people shouldn't wait till they have heart disease or have high blood pressure to, to eat right or do anything they should start recognizing that now's the time to change the way they eat now's the time to start protecting themselves from cancer it can't be too early that you start this and it can't be too late either because whenever you hear about it is the right time you know, we don't wait till the, the earlier in life we start taking better care of our health, the better, and the more profound the, the effects will be anyway. I could go on, but I'm going to leave it right there that now is the time. Well, let me just say one last thing. Yeah. And that I want to make this clear because this is kind of a radical claim that I don't think people would accept as being true so much, but I want to, that's why I want to say it one more time, that I'm saying that nutritional excellence is so powerful that people don't, aren't controlling their diabetes, their type 2 diabetes. They're getting rid of it and becoming non-diabetic. They're getting off their diabetic medications. They're getting off their blood pressure medications. They don't. And with regard to um, diseases like fibromyalgia and asthma and psoriasis and even lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, we enable people a chance to make a full recovery mm-hmm. and not be on these toxic chemotherapy drugs that cause cancer for the rest of their life or the rest of their shortened and troubled life enabling people to make a full recovery. What I'm saying is that this information is so dear to my heart and important because people don't know anything about it. They're not told about it and they're not given the option to even, it's called informed consent, not even told there's a way they could have gotten well if they have psoriasis, lupus, or fibromyalgia, just taught they have to suffer with these diseases and take drugs for the rest of their life. And I'm saying no, for those people who are motivated and informed, they can make a full recovery and, and allow to fully you know invigorate and activate that miraculous self-healing body that we were all that we were given and the body really is a self-healing machine when optimally nourished and we can make recoveries from what from diseases and problems that are considered irreversible or chronic that most people don't even think they could get well from and i want and so i'm leaving with a message of hope i want to leave with a message of hope that if people are out there listening and suffering They can get
1: well. Dr. Joel Furman. thank you very much. My pleasure. Joel's notice in the yellow in my hand and telling me that it shows the phytonutrients in my diet made me feel great because it's something you can't fake. Also, there's an old phrase, 80% of success is showing up. I think it's from Woody Allen. I went out of my way to meet Joel in person and it was worth it. Meeting him and his family in the world that they've created, growing plants in the greenhouse, a kitchen full of the foods his books talk about, creating them effortlessly, tasting them. For someone, me, starting the process, seeing the potential after years, after more than a decade, I can't wait to keep upping my game. If you get the chance to meet or work with Joel, say in one of his programs or to see him speak, I recommend taking it. In the meantime, eat to live changed my life. I recommend his books, the upcoming one, his TEDx video, his advice, and now his lifestyle. If you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating, others should act first or making excuses, to the empowering, I can make a difference. And living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.